Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Opsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Opsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents. So don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Opsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Opsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free, 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, welcome to a very special yet unusual episode of the Carnival of Randomness. I am Zach, and as you can tell, I don't sound like I'm in the studio today, and that's because I'm not. As we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic has really turned the world upside down and has changed the way that everybody is going to go about their daily lives, do business, and more importantly, interact with other people on a personal level. The law of the land right now absolutely is the social distancing, which hopefully is helping to flatten this curve that we're all facing. But at the same time, it's making things a lot more difficult and, I dare say, a lot more boring. We can't really go down to the studio because the studio is a cramped quarters. Can't really bring guests down there, which would be even more people in a smaller room. And, unfortunately, right now, even Rob is here, but he's doing his social distancing probably 15 or so miles away from where I am right now. I figure... That's a fair distance. We should be all right. But I guess we should definitely address the elephant in the room and a little story behind it as we're, I think, essentially entering the, or approaching the end of the first month of this whole thing. Uh, my father, myself, and my 95-year-old grandfather were in Las Vegas in mid-March. And honestly, our last day there was March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, which is the day that they really began to start to shut things down in the city. The day before, they had made all the changes where uh, the buffets were no longer go up with your plate, take all you want, and go sit down. Now, instead of that, you went up, they had the big-ass sneeze guard there, and an employee standing behind to give you what you wanted to limit the amount of possible cross-contamination of anything. On top of that... As we were sitting there at the table, uh, I believe most most tables, you know, card tables, have room for eight people, and they were removing every other chair and putting signs up to say, no more than three people sitting at a table at any given time. And they also had begun to turn off every other slot machine so as to give people a little more of a space there. On the morning of the 17th, we were driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, or as everybody knows at the Strip, on the way to the airport, and 
driving down there at that time, it was surreal almost. Very few people out on the road, very little traffic. If you've ever played or heard of the game Fallout New Vegas, where the character awakens in a post-apocalyptic destroyed Las Vegas and just see the remnants of the casinos, it kind of had that vibe to it that this was at once thriving and hopping, but now is completely dead, for lack of a better word. And we get to the airport, almost nobody at the airport. My flight had left, or was supposed to leave, two hours before they were. And I was flying through Chicago Midway Airport on the way back to Buffalo, where my car was to get back to Rochester. Dad and Grandpa were going right back to Pittsburgh. About an hour or so before my flight was supposed to depart is when the announcement came through that all flights going through Midway Airport in Chicago had been canceled. I believe this was, if I remember correctly, because three air traffic controllers at Midway tested positive for COVID-19. And then from what I later heard, Midway had delayed the flights but hadn't closed the airport, but the airline that I was with just up and canceled all the flights. So now that leaves me in a bind. I'm on the phone trying to get through to the airline. Obviously, they're getting swamped because there's hundreds of people, not just in Las Vegas, but all over the country that are now basically stuck. So I finally get up to the ticket counter and I'm presented with three options. And that was my dog, Leroy, if you heard that. Hopefully he just got off the couch and didn't fall off the couch. But in any event, I was presented with three options. The first being, I stay in Las Vegas until the following morning, which would have been the 18th. But where am I going to stay, is where I was going with that. We, um, we had checked out of the hotel. The majority of hotels had begun to close down. I believe on the 16th they had shut down the resort part of all the MGM properties on the Strip, which is... I think basically the lower half of it. But the hotels were still there, but then we got word on the 17th that they were closing all the hotels. So that basically is no option. Can't do that. Option number two is I fly to Milwaukee, land there, and then get a flight to Buffalo the following morning. Nothing against Milwaukee. I'd love to go to Milwaukee one day, just not under the circumstances where I would be landing there probably at midnight without a place to stay, and without knowing anybody, and essentially without a plan. And then the third option, which is the option I ended up taking, was to hop the flight with my father and grandfather nonstop from Las Vegas back to Pittsburgh, at which point I would stay at my dad's place overnight and get up early the following morning, rent a car, drive to the Buffalo airport, drop off the rental car, pick up my car, and then drive back home to Rochester, which is what I ended up doing. It was a real long night, I'm not even going to lie. We got into Pittsburgh, I'd say about 1 in the morning, waited for the bags, then we had to get to the car, drive my grandfather back to his house, and then get to my dad's house. So by the time we got in there, got settled, tried to figure everything out, I probably fell asleep about 3 o'clock, was up pretty early the next morning to get a head start to get back to New York. Because at that point, nobody really understood what was going to happen if they were going to start limiting travel 
coming into certain states or going out of certain states. So I wanted to get back to into New York as quickly as possible, which I ended up doing. So needless to say, it was a very surreal trip. It's our annual trip that usually is a great time, but this time was just, you know, a little different. And I had made mention to my father and grandfather both that we may very well have been there the day, right around the day Las Vegas died. And looking at it now with the governor of Nevada coming out and closing all casinos in the entirety of the state, I may not have been that far from wrong. The problem I see is it's like the old Rust Belt towns or a town like Johnstown, New York, or not Johnstown, New York, excuse me, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. When you're so dependent on a specific industry, when that industry is taken away from you, everything just goes to pot. And that's exactly what happened in Johnstown. And that's my fear for Las Vegas because Nevada itself, what are their big industries? They have a lot of tourism between Reno and Las Vegas. They have parks and they have army bases. But the army bases, I'm not sure, provides the state with any income. So now the question is, can Las Vegas as a city and the casino industries as a whole throughout the country survive possibly up to two, maybe three months of no income, where some of them are... I think pulling in several million dollars a day. And that's a lot of people that are going to be out of work, unfortunately. So when a town, not just a town, when a state that's so dependent on tourism dollars is crippled like that, it's really hard to bounce back in a quick fashion. So I've been reading articles talking about what will happen to get Las Vegas to reopen. And I believe... To a certain extent, in time, Las Vegas will reopen. However, things are going to change dramatically. The idea of the buffet, I think, not just in Las Vegas, but in general, is going to become a thing of the past. And I'm afraid for a lot of the smaller casinos may not be able to financially survive this shutdown. I mean, But there's nothing you can really do. We're seeing that the social distancing thing is helping to prevent the rapid spread of this virus, you know, the problem is you still have people going out and doing things and having massive groups. You know, the spring break down in Florida, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, in the days when people were still trying to say, oh, well, we didn't know what was going to happen. Well, that's that's not for me to argue, but just putting it out there. So really... Everybody now just has to constantly stay away from each other, which kind of defeats the purpose of things like a nightclub, a bar, a restaurant, a casino, where you're packed in like sardines. You know, God forbid, sporting events, as we've all seen the past month without any sort of sports on TV, even if you don't like baseball, it is a constant, uh, constant um, you know, comfort to know that it's on TV, but now everything is completely different and you can only watch so many repeats of sporting events before your eyes start to cross. And I suppose that brings me to another point, one that a lot of people are dealing with. It's just sheer boredom. What are you going to do to occupy your time, especially if you're in a job where they've shut down due to the fact of the pandemic? You know, you're not working. There's not many places you can go. You can't really get up go to the mall, go to a store, go to a movie, go to a sporting event. Everything is really up in the air. The libraries are closed. 
So a lot of people who rely on the library for a lot of, you know, books and recreation type things, they're kind of caught. Uh, however, my sister did tell me that I believe it's the Internet Archive has opened the emergency or the National Emergency Library or something like that, offering, I think, well over a million ebooks for people to read. So you there's plenty to, to do to be entertained, but at the same time, the drag is just having to stay in your house. It's almost like Groundhog Day or some strange never-ending nightmare where you get up and you're looking at the same four walls and knowing that there's not really much to do and thinking about, you know, especially with me, what are the biggest thrills in the day? It's if I have to go to the grocery store, if I have to go to the gas station, or when the mail comes, you know, that's about it. One thing a lot of people have been doing, really taking more to the FaceTimes, Skypes, things of that nature, and are working these programs to do virtual gaming nights. I saw there was a thing on Instagram, somebody told me about, there was a virtual orchestra where people who had musical instruments that wanted to get back and play them would dust them off and everybody would link up through webcam and they would play uh, thing, uh, songs together. I think that's pretty cool. And obviously we are thankful in this day and age to have cable television where there's 17,000 channels and we all know that we only watch eight of them anyways. However, now is the time. If you have a show that you've been meaning to watch or start or you got 10 episodes of something on your DVR, I'm telling you, man, now is the time to do it. Not much else to do. You can really get caught up in something. Also, you can take to YouTube. Look at some of these uh, these videos. And I see people learning how to, to make things, take up a craft, people who are starting to take up painting. A lot of people are baking. There's a lot of stuff you can do that you never really thought you would have to resort to because there was always something else to do, go out and socialize and be with other people. But now with everything changed, everybody really has to take a look around and see what their environment provides them. And thankfully, in the U.S., so many of us have really good internet access. My personal opinion is that we are going to be seeing a lot more internet content of every description over the next several months. A lot more how-to videos, a lot, probably a lot more unboxing videos. Probably now people are going to dust off their video game controllers and take to things like Twitch and start streaming. You know, you can make more friends. You can really, that'll give you some interaction time through, I, I know the program everybody uses there is called Discord. You know, you can link up and talk to people. And that's the good thing about these streams. You know, my cousin is a streamer on Twitch and he interacts with his community. And I guess right now that's a very, very helpful to a lot of people to know that they still have some sort of constant in their life that they can go on and see a streamer that they follow and interact with them if they're kind of penned up in their house with nothing else to do. And I would say, speaking of things like Discord and Skype, and I can't use FaceTime because I don't have any Apple products, I have to admit that I've kind of been behind the times when it comes to the podcasting thing, when we've only relied on going to the studio and having people come in face-to-face, -face, which, while great, it, when you run into a situation like this, it takes it away from you. So 
the new direction for the time being that the show is going to go. And even once everything lets up and we can get back in the studio, it is going to open a lot more avenues for us. Is I now have a lot of time on my hands to sit there and work out how to make this work where I can phone somebody on the on the internet, have them talk to me, we'll just shoot the shit with a lot of people, and then I can record it and have a podcast. Doesn't look that hard, but like I say, up until now, just never took the time to do it. And I guess that's with a lot of things. You know, we actually have the website up and running in a way. Carnivalofrandomness.com. I'd had the domain for a while, and with all this, I was like, you know what? Got to do something to stay occupied. I'm going to start building the damn website. And it definitely makes it a lot cleaner without all those links that I usually put in the descriptions of our podcasts and whatnot. So that's basically where the show is going to start to go. And like I say, it's going to open many doors and allow us to reach out to a lot more people. uh, People that we've wanted to get in studio that just weren't able to because they were busy. Now we can, you know, everybody set up a time where it works for them. And we can sit there in our couches. Hell, we don't even have to wear pants if we don't want to. Most likely, I probably won't be wearing pants when I'm interviewing people. If you know me in person, I apologize for the mental image. But in any event, that's the way of things now. So a lot of people I've talked to are looking to help get this thing up and running. I've got, my, I, like I say, my cousin... Mason is a Twitch streamer and a very good video game player. He's been walking me through how to work Discord and starting to record everything. So reach out. we can reach out to him. And then, more importantly, because we know you all love them, we're going to be able to reach out to some of our regular guests here to continue kind of doing our shows to make sure that everybody's doing all right and just keep tabs on everybody. That's, I think, one thing that we really need to take away from all of this. Now, more than any other time in our in our lives, we really need to be in contact with family members, especially if they don't live near you. you know, for example, I live right outside Rochester. The majority of my family lives in Pittsburgh, and I have other cousins scattered around in Ohio, California. It's really hard without some sort of social media or picking up the phone and just reaching out to somebody, just checking in. There's a lot of people that are bored as shit right now. And a lot of them would probably benefit greatly from 20 minutes of just shooting the shit with somebody. I called my grandfather the other day. We shot the shit about the weather. We shot the shit about baseball. Just to check in and see how he was doing. You know, this is the same grandfather in Vegas. And just so you know, um, over a month has passed. No symptoms from anybody. He is sheltering in place at my dad's house. Everything is good there, except for the boredom, obviously. And for those people that do eventually venture out to the stores, I think it wouldn't be any sort of ragey carnival of randomness show if we didn't talk about something that we saw that just really grinded the hell out of our gears, and that would be the panic shopping, the hoarding, just the general the general sadness that has become society, where people are literally fighting over, you know, tubes of meat and steaks. My mom at a store witnessed a woman run her cart into a pregnant woman, not the woman's cart, but the woman herself, in order to get to the meat counter. There was the story from 
British Columbia, I believe it was, where a couple went in, bought the entire meat department of a store to the point where they would go from cart to cart and steal shit from other people, go up to the register and are laughing, ha, 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 we got everything. Well, guess what, ass? What the fuck are you going to do with $1,000 worth of goddamn meat that you probably don't even have freezer space for? It's sad. It's, it's just really unfortunate to see how bad people are. And I know several people who are, you know, in the prepper community, everybody always gives them a bad rap because they think, oh, they're prepping for the zombie apocalypse. No, they're prepping for the downfall of civilization, which we saw a glimpse of with this COVID-19 thing. Everybody wants to believe that in a crisis, society will band together and we will help each other. Well, yeah, right. Even before this, anybody who'd ever been near a Black Friday sale knows people don't give a shit about other people when it comes down to it. We can't rely on anybody else. And when you see somebody coming out of a store with 40 packs of toilet paper and all of the Clorox, just so nobody else can have it, you know, or the people that have, you know, a while ago resorted to breaking into hospitals to steal masks and gloves. And then these goddamn idiots don't know how to use the gloves. They wear them everywhere and they touch everything. Let's be honest. If you touched a piece of raw chicken wearing a glove, you'd throw the glove away. So what's the difference now? It's really unfortunate. And I'm glad now that the panic shopping seems to be dying down. Other than cleaning products, at least around here, other than cleaning products still being a barren wasteland, there's pretty much everything you can find. Stuff is limited. You know, you may not be able to find exactly what you want, but you can find something close, and there's no reason, as of right now, that people really still need to be hoarding. Especially because these people, once all this is over, these people that hoarded all this shit are now going to go back to bashing the preppers saying, oh, I can't believe how stupid you are for still doing that. Well, you know, it is what it is. But like I say, at least now I can go to a store, I can find bread, you can get milk. They took the limit off of the amount of milk you can buy in some stores. Slowly but surely, as it will with all of this, slowly but surely we're going to get back to some semblance of normalcy. It's not going to be 100%. It's not going to be the way it was. And quite frankly, I don't think it should go back to the way it was, considering how this virus ripped through everybody. Perhaps now we're starting to realize that we really aren't as cautious as we want to believe we are. Example, this is the year 2020. We should have flying cars and be able to move shit with our mind. And yet, we have to have colorful cartoon charts telling grown adults with jobs how to sing a song in their head while they wash their hands to make sure that they've washed their hands properly. You know, and we're trying to teach these people not to just go around and coughing at will to cough into your sleeve. It's kind of, it's kind of depressing if you think about it. I think this is going to put a lot of things into perspective and especially with this social distancing thing now, I think it's really important that we're not just doing it to get through the pandemic that we're in now, but to continue the pattern and really lay down some good groundwork for the future so if something like this happens again, it won't rip through everybody as fast. We really, really need 
to just start being a little more cautious and use a little more common sense. That's something in the past on different shows we've said it's so lacking it's almost a superpower at this point. But the spirit of all of us and common sense will eventually prevail and we'll be able to start to see things open up. As the economists have said, it's going to be a gradual reopening of the economy very slowly, step by step. Yes, unfortunately, some businesses and industries may not survive it, but on the whole, I think society will get through this. We will all get through this as long as we continue to try to stay positive. So stay positive, stay at home, number one. Stay entertained, stay busy, stay stay trying to learn. Pick up a hobby. I wish I had some sort of artistic talent because I could be the next Bob Ross. Granted, I don't have enough hair for an afro, and, well, not an afro, but a perm, a perm-fro. I don't have any artistic talent. But So the good news is you don't have to worry about any videos of me standing in front of an easel popping up on YouTube anytime soon. That said, with the direction that the show is going to take, the Dungeons & Dragons third part obviously is put on hiatus until everything settles down. But we're going to start developing workarounds to try to get some conference calls going on so we can reach out to our guests and bring them in so we can do some roundtable discussions at a social distance to make it safe for everybody and still continue to provide the quality entertainment that we're able to do and that you're naturally accustomed to, I would think. Anyway, that's about it. Just want to put a little bow on this because last week, as you heard, was... Uh, the latest episode of Rageonomics, and that episode was actually the last episode we had in the can. And if you've ever done anything like this, you know that it's important to always have a couple of backups, just in case you run out or something happens. Well, something happened. Not able to go down to the studio to record more, so this one is just a little interlude to say that everybody is doing all right, and that we're looking to make some changes in the future to really bring it back to where it was and maybe even take it to a higher level. We've got some possible big guests lined up. We've got some old friends that we would love to get in touch with and make sure they're doing all right. Social media is still running around. You know, we're constantly posting. So if there's anything you have on your mind, get a hold of us through the website, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever. You know, let, let, we could start the whole thing. What's everybody binging right now? You know, some show that you never saw before that now you're getting into. For me personally, and I know it's actually on tonight because I'm recording this on a Thursday, the new show that I picked up and binged the first season and now I'm caught up is Tacoma FD. If you haven't seen it, if you like the guys from uh, Broken Lizard that did Super Troopers and Beer Fest, it is funny as hell. It's got a couple of them in it. Really entertaining. That's enough for the cheap plug for them because they're not paying me anything, unfortunately. We're going to wrap it up by saying, hopefully everybody's doing well. Stay positive. Stay busy. Stay indoors. Stay safe. Stay listening. And stay tuned for more stuff to come from us in the future. The carnival's not going anywhere, folks. Just we have to kind of adjust because carnivals do have a lot of people coming to them. And I'm really sorry that I had to end on... Such a terrible pun, so stay golden, stay happy, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye, everybody, and don't forget to stay in touch with the people you care about.